Die, monster. You don't belong in this world. What is a man? A miserable little pile of secrets. Welcome to the Podtendo Podcast, where we analyze, reminisce, and replay the glory of old Nintendo games. We can be contacted on Twitter at Podtendo Podcast, email us at podtendo at gmail.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash podtendo. I'm your host, Mick, and I will be joined every episode by a special guest. This week's special guest is... Tyson. Hooray! And we can hear you this week. That's so exciting. I know. It's almost like we've been putting in a little bit of effort outside of just recording. Yeah, it's almost like this. We're not just... Uh, you know what? We're, we're half-assers. We're slackers. We've, we're, we're just trying to do the bare minimum to get by on this free media source that we're providing everyone. Absolutely. Good. Uh, so this week's episode's a little different. I was going to do it solo. The game is Castlevania. Tyson, have you played Castlevania before? I have played it, but I've never beaten, like, even past the first level. Okay, so uh, I basically was going to do it by myself. I was talking to Tyson. He said, why don't I just come on, record with you? We can just chat about it. You can tell me your play story. So that's what's going on. So Tyson won't have as much input on the game, but I'm sure he'll, he'll you know, have some insight and at least will be able to keep me in line. So I'll try my best. All right, so Castlevania. The release date was September 26th, 1986. How long to beat has this game at? Three hours? Actual retail price, thirty nine ninety nine. If we factor in inflation, it's seventy eight dollars and eighty eight cents. Current eBay price uh, was approximately about forty eight dollars for like a good conditioned cartridge, uh, but it can go about as high as one hundred and seventy dollars for the complete boxed set. eBay, uh, or sorry, the eShop price that's standard five dollars. Thanks, Nintendo. I love that eShop price. I like how nice. most. Um... NES classics are just five bucks. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's very it's it's appropriate for kind of what those are. It's easy to hold. I bought an updated memory card. Like I think I have like thirty two gigabytes flash card in my three DS right now. I'm never gonna fill that thing up. So that's really nice. And it's a lot easier than spending one hundred and sixty dollars to buy a complete copy of Castlevania. So absolutely, and right. it's one of those things where it's kind of nice to just have a little. St- a library of NES classics for like, oh, I spent $40 and I have eight games. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's jump into the game with the uh, Xfinity development details. We now have sponsors for this podcast. I don't know, it's kind of a big deal. So, <laughs> Xfinity, we do stuff. I'm not really sure what Xfinity does. So. <laughs> but if you're willing to try out Xfinity.com, the name of this game is a mix of Castle and Transylvania. It's very imaginative. The name did change between the Japanese to American version. In Japan, the game is called Devil's Castle Dracula. In subsequent sequels, the series' names would also change. Uh, These changes, the reason they just didn't call it Castlevania 1, Castlevania 2, because they wanted to have similar play styles, but they wanted to uh, not have every game just focus on Dracula. So if they wanted to have... Uh, probably the Wolfman, or if you're going to fight like the creature from the Black Lagoon, you could have a couple different classic monsters. And I think that's actually kind of a neat way of doing it, like not just pigeonholing yourself with just vampires. Gives it a lot more variety, and I mean, it's a pretty neat. I've always been fascinated by that whole like era and like kind of medieval-ish, 
just got like vampires, no lights, ca- candles for like lights. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was just a pretty appropriate environment. Yeah, uh, this game did see some censorship in the American port as well. There was a decrease in violence, nudity, and religious imagery because the Americans, we're just so pure. Sorry. And, and Canadian port. The North America port. We're so pure. Uh, this game was made before designers could scare you with graphics and game sounds, so they had to rely on the actual gameplay. What a novel concept. Yeah, the gameplay is so terrifying that you fear stairs. Uh, and, and due to the, like, the high price of games back in the day, $40 was steep. I mean, I, I don't think the inflation works exactly. Like, if you had 70 it's not exactly $78. $40 was still probably approximately $40 uh, from what I've heard in, like, the late 80s. So it's it wasn't, like, a make-or-break kind of thing, but it's still quite a bit of money. So the game was built around the theory that a gamer would run through the level as fast as possible. So with that in mind, they tailored the entire game, all the mechanics, all the enemy placements, all the level design around that one theory, and it works just beautifully. If you run ahead without kind of taking your time, like you're going to take damage and the game's going to be a lot more difficult. And a big part of that also comes into, I think we'll this will be a new section that we'll do with on Podtendo here. The Dasani water controls. Drink Dasani. <laughs> stay hydrated. Uh, so with... Uh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> the Dasani water, man. The Dasani water. You know what? I'm actually... I can't think because I'm so parched. That's why I'm stuttering. I should probably have a sip of water. Hmm. <sighs> good. I also really like... I really hate when podcasts start selling out, you know? Like, it's just... Uh, <laughs> It's just really so, shameful. Yeah, so that's why I'm like keeping this pure, you know? I'm trying to keep it pure, just that pure tasting water. Because mm. it's only Dasani water, but that's it's that pure. Uh, yes. So, uh, the controls also going along with that kind of that development theme, the theory that the player would run through the level as fast as possible, they kind of counteracted that by making the, me- the mechanics almost very stiff. So you have a very stiff jump control, um, so you really had to plan your route out. You had to kind of make sure you jumped at the right time. You couldn't just hop along and be all right. If an enemy was coming, uh, getting out of the way was quite difficult. Stairs. <laughs> oh, stairs. Yeah, uh, like going up the stairs. Basically, once you start going up the stairs, you're stuck. You can come back down, but you can't jump onto the stairs. You can't jump off of them. There's a later section where you're going up these stairs. You get to the top platform. You have to jump across this like little tiny gap where the stairs are. If you fall into the hole, you die. I, I felt I died there like four or five times. It was just awful. And as pointed out in Eagle Raptor's Sequelitis, there is a delay on the whip, which causes you to uh, plan every attack carefully. So you the jump doesn't have a delay, only the whip does, and it just kind of helps add to that overall sense of dread. So, very excellent. My first memories... Oh, sorry, we need a sponsor for this. The, uh... Looking around... The Joshua. pop action oh. figures. Oh. First memories of Castlevania. Uh, I have no memory on this guy. Um, the first time I think I remember hearing about Castlevania was when we got Symphony of the Night on for the PS1. And I just remember hearing that Castlevania was this very tough platforming series. And that's basically my first memories. Yeah, most of my friends didn't really get into it until like the N64 ones, which is kind of blasphemous in Castlevania groups. But 
I obviously, we obviously played uh, Symphony of the Night, which was kind of like one of the best. I don't know if you haven't played Symphony of the Night. It's kind of one of my favorite games. Um, yeah, yeah. If we ever if we ever get bored, I might that might be a side quest topic for sure because that game is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. Good. So the Adobe Acrobat Reader story on a dark and eerie night, Dracula rose from his grave to unleash his destructive power over the countryside. Once again, Simon Belmont is called upon to destroy Dracula. With only his whip and courage, he sets out to restore peace to Transylvania. So, the Papa John's level notes. Uh, so, to start with this game, I'm just going to briefly discuss kind of how the mechanics, some of the pickups that you get. So, there are uh, several items in the game. We, there's a weird harp looking thing and I think that increases your armor. I think it's supposed to be their uh, 18 or 8 bit take on what armor is supposed to be so you can basically just take more damage. There are also multipliers. There was a times 2 and a times 3 multiplier which means just the number of times you can use your sub weapon on one screen uh, and then we've got uh, several sub weapons. So there's a knife and that's just a quick little projectile. There's an axe which is a ranged aerial attack. There's the stopwatch that would freeze time. There was a boomerang, it was a slower ranged attack, and it would actually, once it got kind of the end of its spin cycle, it would come back towards you. There was holy waters, it was a drop weapon that would cause a little fire, and it would kind of almost be like a little shield for the on the ground. There was a holy cross, which was the screen nuke. And finally, you get wall chicken, which is the health item of the game. So, at this point, Tyson, you didn't play through the game? No, I... Okay feel like i played through almost the first level and then i like died either two or three times and i just called it yeah i I think one summer one spring break i actually bought it on mom's wii u back home or not wii u just her wii yeah so if you ever wanted to play it there's a copy sitting there on the wii (laughs) well if it's ever uh boring day i'll definitely take a crack but i don't think i I can wrap it in a day even though what did we say the the play time was again it was like three hours like i did Uh it maybe it was like less than an hour or maybe what an hour it took me to play through the game so (laughs) not that difficult so this next section uh, i'll probably be doing the the most of the talking i'll be telling you about my playthrough so this will be the uh, the podtendo walkthrough section so tyson can finally have the courage and braveness to go into this evil castle yep also, the whole game is orange and blue, the most least terrifying colors you'll ever see in your life. It's not dark, it's not dreary, it's very colorful. So, But it pops out, you know, it looks good. Yep. For what it is. So, we start off and Simon Belmont walks up to the gates, looks up at the castle and says, let's fucking do this. Uh, there's this little courtyard area, uh, there's little candles on the wall, basically you can get used to the whip controls, the jump controls... Uh, it's a good chunk of screen, so you do have to move yourself along, and I think they just wanted you to kind of have that section where you could kind of get used to how you feel, the weight of your character. Once you enter into the main castle, you're in the main hall. Again, this is just kind of a long, straight section. There are no holes. There's a couple of little platforms. You can walk up steps. Uh, they're just trying to teach you about some of the mechanics. So there, these are the steps. This is how it works. There's a door in one section. Oh, there's there's water towards the or like a little water pit towards the end of it. So they say, hey, you know, if you don't jump at all, you are gonna die. Uh, but very basic. They introduce kind of the these zombie characters. They die in one hit. Uh, there's these panthers, 
if you run towards the panthers, you'll die. But as soon as you see the panther and it starts moving, if you stop it, all it does is jump over you. So they're not very threatening enemies by any means. Uh, again, just kind of a loose introduction to the game. The boss of this area was the vampire bat. His act, or his weakness is an axe, and you pick that up right before there. So as long as you have enough hearts going into the game, you should be fine. Oh, and I guess the other thing, hearts in this game don't restore health. Hearts are actually used for the sub-weapons, so it's kind of like an ammo counter. A little different? Yeah, playing Zelda before this, I was like, ah, oh, sweet. I just like took some damage earlier on, grab a, grab a heart, and like... Uh, yeah, this game is ca- this game is counterintuitive. The game, like anything yeah. you think you know, you don't know. Yeah, you know. Yep, but you're still right. smashing walls for sweet loot. Yep. Uh, the next section was there was a tower that you had to climb up. Uh, here, again, not super tough. There are a little more difficult enemies. There's a suit of armors that take multiple attacks. We see Medusa heads for the first times, and screw those guys. The Medusa heads, they move across the screen in this S pattern, and they hit hard, and they're very hard to dodge. And when you get to the top of the tower, you have to move across these little jumping platforms. If you get hit by a Medusa head in midair, or you miss time and jump, you're going to die. So it's quite difficult. There are some chandeliers that drop up and down that are trying to crush you at one section. So it's just all very, you know, take your time, think it through, you got this. The The end of this level, there is a Medusa... So it's a big floating, a bigger floating head. I had the holy water, and it was good because as you drop the holy water on the ground, it would cause a little fire. She also had little, uh, one of the projectiles she had was a little snake would hit the ground. It would come at you, and with the holy water, basically, you had a little barrier so you didn't take damage. So not super hard. The next area was the outer wall. Uh, This guy, again, not super difficult. There was some, they now included... Uh, stairs a bit more into the platforming and there was these funky dancing skeleton dudes that threw bones at you. They, I don't know, they really, this one guy, the first one I met, he was freaking out. He was flying in between these two blocks and had this really nice little dance pattern so I had a good chuckle on him for a little while before I decided to end his life. Um, not really not much to say on this outer wall. Um, once you get through this kind of this tough, uh, this, sorry, the little platforming and stair section, you fight the mummy, um, I think the mummy's weakness is maybe holy water, because I had the clock by the time I got in there, and it did nothing. The crappy thing is when you do find a good weapon in this game, you really have to hold on to it, and you almost have to be cautious when you break candles, because there was a couple times where I would break the candles, and a knife would drop down, and I would lose my holy water, or I'd lose my boomerang or something like that. So it was quite annoying in that sense. Yeah, uh, first reward. Yeah, from this area, you have a, you or there's, I don't know, on the little map, you see there's kind of a drop down into the next area, and the first image you see is Simon Belmont falling down some type of hallway into the sewers. I think it's the sewers, because the next area you're in is the aqueducts. So this area has a bunch of weird ledges of it that are made of skulls, and they look they kind of extend off the the ground. There's all these little skulls. It looks like you can walk onto them and then jump, but that's actually part of the pit. So, I don't know, it seems dumb on that their their part for doing that. Like, that's probably the biggest design flaw of the game, so it's not bad, actually. Yeah, all things considered. Yeah. 
you really got to make your jumps here. So if for somehow you were able to uh, just trial and error get through the rest of the game, and you didn't really perfect the art of jumping, you have to have it done here. Like you, it, it's it would be impossible not to, basically. And as you, when you get to the end section of the aqueducts, you go up these fairly simple stairs and you come to this place where you just get this barrage of flea men coming at you so there's these eagles carrying flea men the flea men drop down they do two sporadic jumps a big jump and then their pattern is random from there i found if you ran and jumped i kind of found a nice rhythm where i was killing the flea men before they hit the ground got to the end of this area there was a bone snake uh the bone snake hit hard again kind of had a weird erratic pattern but gave you tons of loots like he probably gave you at least 10 hearts when you killed him uh going through this door we fight frankenstein and igor their weakness i have no idea i had the knife it sucked you just got to figure <laughs> out the pat you got to figure out the pattern of kind of igor and frankenstein and they're not too bad also some of these monsters so the mummy uh igor there was two of them but they only had one health bar uh and i think you could have killed one before the other like I must have been damaging them equally because they died about the same time, but I wonder uh, if you just attacked Igor, if he could die, and then you could just battle Frank by himself. Oh, probably. Uh, from here, we go into a really nice blue dungeon area. Uh, this one, there's, it kind of sucks because you start out on a lower level and you have to work your way up the stairs while the there's these skeletons that throw bones on you, so that's pretty difficult. Like It took a lot of damage getting up just the stairs uh, in this area. At the top of the stairs, there's what I call the dreaded Medusa hallway. So you have to move right to left, and as we're moving along, Medusas are coming at us, as well as these things called axe armors. So the axe armors are these big guys in suits of armors. They throw an axe either high or low, and it works the same way as a boomerang. So if you jump over the axe, it's going to come back at you. So you really have to find this nice pattern of avoiding the Medusa heads while landing maximum damage on the suit of armors while uh, stopping their projectiles. So it's actually quite difficult. Can you still, like, uh, smash them with their... Uh, can you still, like, uh, break their axes? Uh, yes. Yeah, so sorry, if you hit the projectiles, it does break. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that ain't good. Yeah, I, I apologize. My headset just fell off my head, so... Oh, that's that's okay. Yeah, so there might so there might be a little bit of crashing sound in the audio. Uh, it wasn't me just freaking out about reliving the Medusa section. It was actually just my <laughs> tiny headset that I'm wearing, my fat head falling off. <laughs> so I'll hold it on here and see if I can power through. Uh, the boss at this part was Death. His uh, weakness, I think it was the boomerang, because it does have that kind of. It will kind of come back across the screen, so it can land multiple hits. I had the axe, and there's also a bunch of little scythes that he summons that kind of will fly at you, and I think the boomerang helps eliminate a lot of those. From here, we're outside the clock tower. I ran for dear life. So remember that theory about everyone, the player wants to run? I ran from this one. Why? Because remember that first enemy, or the boss, the vampire bat? There's about four or five of these on this little tiny, these little tiny platforms that are attacking you. Hmm. They have just as much health as the first one. It's not like you're more powerful. It's not like you got a more powerful whip at some point. So I just kind of booked her through there. I think I died once, but I got to the clock tower. Still a couple health, or Sometimes a couple hearts. Sometimes that's all I can do. Yeah, a couple lives left, so that was all right. Uh, in here, that's these were the dreaded stairs where you uh, fight your way up the stairs, you get to the bottom of a screen, and if you just walk back over the stairs, thinking, like, that's a solid platform, 
how could I fall and die? You would fall and die. That's uh, again, shit. Yeah, again, more eagles, flea men. This area is kind of annoying, but then you end up at the grand staircase. Uh, you walk up the grand staircase into the loft. A uh, couple little power-ups here. There is a... I think I grabbed the boomerang, but I've seen a bunch of videos online and holy water apparently is the way to go so either holy water or the boomerang is necessary here and this is where we're going to fight drac himself nice uh he's got two forms the first form he rises out of the coffin he's a guy in a cape with a big mask he opens up his cape and shoots fireballs at you so it's just a nice little pattern of jumping over attacking his head it's not too bad his mask will fall off and you're thinking, yay, I did it. Uh, I beat him. He does transform into a giant blue beast and hops around. I got really lucky on this one. He fell into this weird where I hit him just at the right moment and he kind of like glitched out. And between throwing the boomerang at him, hitting him a couple times, stepping back one, he almost kind of like he wasn't doing full jumps. So I, I think I lucked out on this guy. Every boss gives you an orb. When you grab the orb, it refills your health, uh, gives you a score. There's a orb that falls out when you kill Dracula. I don't know why they did that. I'm guessing so you could compare scores. Because I think back in, like, at this point, they were still cons- ever figured everyone would be concerned about their high scores. Yeah, that's how you can prove that you're better than your friends. Same yeah, game. Exa- yeah, exactly. So I, I think it would be better as soon as you hit him, all of a sudden the screen would have just went black and you would have just seen the castle crumbling in the background or something. But I, I guess that's a little bit more cinematic approach than that. That's what they wanted to go for. And in this game, I don't know if you've ever seen it or heard, but the comics are, or the credits are quite comical. So they'll say, directed by Vran Stoker. Oh. <laughs> right? I think Fela Lugosi is uh, the producer of the game. So it's. They, they basically took all the guys from all the Hammer movies, yeah. all the directors, the writers, and the classic uh, actors. movies, yeah. Yeah, and they basically just kind of uh, parried or did a parody of their names. So. Yep. so so the Simpsons did it before Simpsons did it? 86? That would be before the Simpsons, absolutely. Weird. Yeah. We found one. Nailed it. Yep. The McDonald's current thoughts of the game. Uh, I would say it's a pretty tough game, to be honest with you. Like, it holds up, but it's fair. Like, it's definitely beatable. Uh, I believe I also... I, I would say I appreciate the game more now than I would at an earlier stage in my life. Yeah, that's fair. Like, when I um, went back and I played it a long time ago, that first level, whenever I did, it wasn't bad. It, like, honestly, it's, it's not, like not a bad game by any means, which is why I never finished it. It's just, like, playing Symphony of the Night was just so good. For what it is, like, as a NES classic, like, it's, it's a pretty good game. Uh, yeah, and I guess the other thing about Symphony of the Night is the final boss with Dracula in this game is the final boss with, or the first, like, boss fight in Dracula and Symphony of the Night. So that's kind of a cool bookend, and it's kind of cool to see where that came from. Because it's, you remember that fight where you fight Dracula and then he yeah. turns into a big blue beast? It's exactly the same thing, but in 8 bits. Yeah. So, and you no, know what else is cool that um, we didn't even talk about is Super Castlevania uh, 4. Oh, we'll play we'll play Super Castlevania Four. Like, oh, don't you're enough. getting ahead of yourself now. Like, I that's that's a game I'm definitely going to play on this podcast. Uh, I just there was a couple of games that I t- quoted as like too hard. So Castlevania's one, uh, Simon's Quest, Castlevania Three. What are the other games? What were I thinking of? There's a couple of Mega Man titles. Like, there's six original Mega Man titles before you get into X. Yeah, and I might do. 
like a show on two. And if I get bored or like I need to fill out some time my for my time quota for the month, I might play those myself, right? Like, so I'm not, yeah. That's fair. But Castlevania <laughs> Four will definitely be on the docket, so because I think yeah. that's a that's an excellent game. If you haven't played that, you're doing yourself a disservice. Absolutely, but it's basically like they took. It might not write in this that they basically took this game, the Castlevania one, they reskinned it basically as a HD remake, but for the Super Nintendo with slight variations. Exactly. Nice. Good. And the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Are you buying it? Theory of the day. Uh, I only found one theory. It's actually really funny. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this theory and then we'll have a good laugh and then you can tell me you're not buying it because it's dumb (laughs) the reason that dracula keeps coming back to get beaten by the belmont clan is because he likes to get beaten he's in to bdsm strange you might ask why do the belmonts keep beating dracula like why don't they just stop the cycle so he stops returning because they're also into bdsm why do? Why else do they carry a whip? Oh my god! <laughs> Some people out there, man. This guy was—I found it on this forum, and he was so passionate with his plea about this is what the game's about. It's about sexual delinquent delinquency, and I was like, <laughs> I like it, so I left that. Nice, nice. That was the only theory I have. You haven't heard any other theories about this game? It's pretty straightforward. It's a. Uh, the Van Helsing story, right? But just in a, yeah. ba- they basically don't want to do a copyright infringement. So, any word on uh, if there's going to be a newer Castlevania besides um, Lord of Shadow Two? Was the last one? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I know they do a couple, sort of in that RPG uh, Symphony of the Night, that Metroidvania style for the DS. There's a couple like Aria of Sorrow and stuff like that oh. that are okay. So I don't know. I, I imagine they probably. I think it's more of a handheld thing. Oh yeah. Well, you know, like I po- think. Poor. Um, is it Konami that makes them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're too busy making Plinko machines. Yeah, I was trying to figure out like who would like if there was a Smash Brothers game done by Konami, who would be on it? It'd be the Belmonts, maybe Dracula and like Snake. Ninja Turtles, man. Ah, uh, Ninja Turtles. That'd be an okay. That'd be a weird game, I guess. <laughs> Hey, I, to see Dracula versus the Ninja Turtles, I would pay that in gold. I guess. Uh, so, uh, I guess I'll ask, did we miss anything? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, nothing that you know of the game that you wanted to mention. Uh, that's basically all I had. Uh, if Yeah, like I said, if you weren't here, this probably would have been maybe five, ten minutes shorter. Uh, but other than that, that's kind of all I had on this game. Just kind of wanted to power through it. So, we, I guess we can leave it at that. Yeah. Say goodbye for this episode. Thanks for joining me. See ya. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can contact Podtendo on Twitter at Podtendo Podcast, email us at Podtendo at gmail.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podtendo. The music of Podtendo was used without permission and is property of Nintendo.